It was long before the film Coco came out that I first heard about Dia de Muertos, or sometimes called El Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. I was a freshman in high school, and in our Spanish class, Senora Skidmore asked us to follow that practice, the practice of creating an ofrenda, an altar that we would decorate with sugar skulls and favorite candies. We weren't allowed to bring tequila or mezcal into the high school. <laughs> but we were invited to bring pictures of our loved ones, those who had died, to decorate the altar. And by bringing some of those favorite things that our loved ones enjoyed during their lifetime, our instructor taught us that we might entice their spirits to come and spend time with us yet again. I went to a public school and that seemed a little suspicious to me. <laughs> Not only suspicious because of the whole prayer in school thing, but also because I couldn't figure out how in the world the organized church would allow such a display of kind of idolatry and, and having an altar in one's home. And it took me a couple years to figure out, to be taught, that all it really is, is a gesture of love, an expression of holiness, a desire to be with those we love even though they live no more. There's something fundamental about the human identity that yearns to be again, even just once more, with the ones that we have loved and have lost. The church didn't invent it, of course. It's older than that. When the Spanish conquistadors came to the New World in the 16th century, they found that the indigenous peoples in southern Mexico were already celebrating a form of Dia de Muertos, as they, in the summertime, actually remembered those they loved but saw no more. It took a while before the church got their act together and recognized this expression of faithfulness. It took centuries before the practice spread beyond southern Mexico, eventually working its way through the whole country and by the 20th century, beginning to show up in other expatriate communities around the world. Now it's become a phenomenon either even here because it doesn't take organized religion to express that longing, that lostness. And there is a holiness to holding in our hearts and our minds to bring their memories to life, to want to spend even a moment with them once a year. I'm from that part of the Episcopal Church that identifies more Protestant than Catholic. I was raised, I was formed to be suspicious of those prayers for the dead that crept into our tradition in the latter half of the 20th century. And I held that suspicion for a while until a mentor told me what I knew with my heart but hadn't quite figured out with my head that we pray for those who have died because we love them. Because our love for them does not die with them. It is not buried 
At the grave, the love lives on in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our stories, in our memories, and of course, in our prayers. Because of the hope that God has given us, a hope that is bigger even than death, those prayers that we hold for those we love and have lost are not merely wishful thoughts empty hopes that maybe we might get a moment with their spirit, those prayers are an articulation of a faith we hold deep in our lives, a faith that has resonated with our ancestors for as long as humans have walked the face of the earth, a hope that indeed we will live again with those we see no more. This day, this Dia de Muertos, this All Souls Day, we gather to hold in our hearts and minds those we love and to hold them up before God the way we prayed for them when they were still with us because we still love them and they still love us. Today is a day of memory and a day of hope that we too will be united with them, with God, in a life that never ends. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.